Hello, and welcome to Love the Game, Live the Dream. Join me, your host, Nick Holmes, and my array of guests as we prove to you that you don't have to be a Hall of Fame player, a first-round draft pick, or even a high school standout, for that matter, to have a successful career in the sport of baseball. This podcast is brought to you by World Baseball Experience. Love the Game, Live the Dream is an entertaining yet insightful look at some of the baseball world's brightest and most talented minds. You're going to hear the life stories, struggles, and triumphs of everyday coaches, scouts, executives, and even entrepreneurs that are making their mark in baseball and in life by pursuing their passion and love of the greatest game on earth. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy Love the Game, Live the Dream. Welcome back to the show, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to episode four of Love the Game, Live the Dream, brought to you here by World Baseball Experience. As always, I am your host, Nick Holmes, and today on the show, I have a very special guest. This young man uh, was a former student of mine at Sherman Oaks Baseball Academy back in his early days of baseball in Sherman Oaks Little League. He was a grinder. Even from the start, we could tell that uh, Arden was going to have a big future in baseball if he just stuck with it. He was one of those kids that just made the game look easy from the get-go, but it has been everything but easy for Arden, and he will explain to you the amount of hard work that he's put in to get him where he is today. And we're going to talk a little bit about college recruiting and the importance of keeping your grades up so you young guys out there that are in that boat Uh, Make sure you pay attention to this episode, and we are going to get started in just a second. I want to give you a quick rundown on uh, how Arden got to where he is. He was a high school standout at the Harvard-Westlake High School in Los Angeles, California, where he won a state championship as a catcher. And from there, he earned a scholarship to Georgia Tech, uh, where he played three years again as a catcher, and then was drafted in the 12th round of the 2016 Uh, June amateur draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates where he is currently in the middle of his second full season of A-ball in the uh, South Atlantic League uh, with the Pirates and is doing extremely well. We'll talk a little bit about um, his experiences and the differences between playing at the Division I college level and, and transitioning into pro ball. So without further ado, Sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Arden Pabst. Arden, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well, Mac. Uh, Thank you for having me. Hey, man. So I just want to find out where you're at right now. You are in, is it West Virginia or Virginia? West Virginia, yeah. I'm in Charleston, West Virginia, the capital of the uh, beautiful state of West Virginia. Ah, there you go. I wouldn't be uh, rather doing anything, really. It's, It's great to reconnect with you. For those of you that don't know the life of a minor league baseball player, Arden's going to uh, fill us in on a little bit of that and, and, and give some of the listeners out there that uh, might not have a clue that it's, it's not all uh, you know roses and rainbows and unicorns out there. You know He's out there grinding and trying to compete his way up a ladder through the Pittsburgh Pirates system. And I'm going to uh, basically let him share where he is now today and, and, and what it's taken him to get there. So, Arden, tell us a little bit about what it was like um, growing up in Sherman Oaks. I was born in, uh, in Studio City. Okay. Uh, and then I, I, moved, uh, I moved to Sherman Oaks, actually, when I was, when I was one. So I've, I've lived, I live, and I, in the offseason, I live in the same house that I, I grew up in, in Sherman Oaks. 
and it, it was actually pretty cool. We walking distance from Sherman Oaks Little League, mm-hmm. and so ever since I was, you know, before I even started playing baseball, I remember seeing people playing baseball around because Sherman Oaks Little League is in just a little corner of a of a big, big, beautiful park, um, Van Nuys Sherman Oaks Park, and so I remember. You know, going going to the park with with my mom and dad and seeing you know guys playing baseball and uh, it's actually an interesting story. The way that I started, where I wanted to play baseball was one of my to this day is one of my best friends, and they lived down the street. And I was I was hanging out with them, and they were playing at Encino League, which was probably twenty minutes away. And I went to one of his games, and I was very I was probably six, five or six. Mm-hmm. And the way my mom tells is that you know, I, I went, I saw him play in a game, and obviously he was a little older than me, so obviously I, you know, I was kind of, it looked, it looked like the major leagues to me at that time. Sure. Um, and I, I, ca- I came back home, and I said, Mom, I want to play baseball. She said, all right, let's make that happen. And then I remember my dad, you know, taking me over to the park and, and kind of getting me, he got me a glove, he got, you know, he got all equipment, he got balls take some hacks and then I went over and we tried out for Sherman Oaks Little League and that's kind of where it all began you know and mm-hmm. that's the most time I spent anywhere was at Sherman Oaks Little League through my childhood so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pretty pretty special place holds a special place in my heart. I just want to add to this too because you know I got a chance to watch you kind of grow up uh, in that park, and I got to say, man, there there wasn't another kid out there or loved the, the game as much as you did. And even from the get-go, we could tell when Arden showed up, guys, let me just tell you, this kid at, at six, seven, eight years old was, you know, he had the Oakleys going, he had the high socks tucked in. I mean, he looked sharp, man. This this kid wasn't joking around. It wasn't just about, you know, Saturday blowing off some steam with your buddies, man. This kid was out there to play the game, play it hard, and, and get better at it. So, you know, we could tell right away, you know, he was a gamer. And uh, it was just such a joy, such a you know fun time to watch uh, you grow up out there and, and um, blossom into the player that you did. I mean, it, like I said, it wasn't a surprise to me, and I know it wasn't a surprise to a lot of the, the people around you, or a lot of your supporters, that you were going to go far in the sport. But I would like to switch it just a little bit, and as you were growing up there in Sherman Oaks, um, tell us a little bit about mom and dad, and you have a sister, correct? Yep, I got, a, I got an older sister. She is 25, and she... Uh, we both had our, our passions and our and, and she was a violinist. And actually, before baseball, before I really got into baseball, I actually played the cello uh, because she played the violin classically. Mm-hmm. And my parents wanted me to play an instrument. And it was funny because you know for a little while we were both doing the violin and the cello. And then eventually they kind of realized that I'd, I'd much rather be playing baseball. <laughs> so. But yeah, my sister, she still plays the violin. She she is an amazing amazing musician. She got the musician genes. Mm-hmm. I think I got I got the, I guess I got some athletic genes. <laughs> you got uh, <laughs> you got the athletics. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. No, that's um, that's great cuz I remember that uh, when I first found out about that, it kind of came of uh, as a little bit of a shock just because you were so young. And the instrument that you chose was, you know, it wasn't like your typical kid playing piano or, or even guitar, you know, for that matter. It was like, really, you, you play cello? And I think you came to, to out to the camp one day, and I, 
asked you about that, and I was just really intrigued about it at, at such an early age. But I loved it. I really admired the fact that your parents wanted to give you a balance of athletics and you know the arts and, and all that kind of stuff, which is what we're my wife and I are trying to do with our daughter because uh, I have a feeling she's going to be more like your sister and she's going to go the, the music and theater and dance kind of way rather than the sports. But I'm trying to get her in there. I'm trying to get her to, to learn some learn some uh, you know some baseball or some soccer. What um, what other sports did you play growing up? Was it strictly baseball? Did you know right away and that was the only uh, thing that interested you or did you play some other sports? I, uh, I played I played basketball for I played basketball and I played I played low flag football. I I always kind of wanted to play tackle, and I think my—I don't know if my parents were were uh, against it. They, I, I, yeah, I don't know if they they were against it or if it just kind of didn't coincide with with baseball. Because I mean, baseball just kind of—I mean, even like the first year of little league, I played silver ball. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like an all-starry travel ball type situation, and football, you know, usually starts in the summer. And I think I. I would have just rather played baseball, and they saw mm-hmm. that, so they just kind of didn't bother to push, you know, football. Right. And but I play, and I played basketball, and it was funny because when I was younger, every basketball season, so every time like the Lakers would start to play, I would get, and I would joke around with my dad, you know that that silly song "Basketball Jones" by Cheech and Chong. I don't know, if, yeah, uh, you know, it's a super silly song, and and uh-huh. I say I'm getting the basketball Jones again, you know. Yeah, and so I, I, I mean, I love I love playing basketball, and I never played. I mean, I wasn't great, but I could. I mean, I, I know you probably did in elementary school. Every lunch or PE period, it was basketball all the time, mm-hmm. and so that was. I have some great memories playing playing basketball. But like I said, I mean, especially when I when I got into middle school and I got a little older, I I. I would have rather been playing baseball, and I understood that I, you know, baseball was my best sport by far, and and yeah. it, it was just the kind of thing where I, I would have, I rather play baseball, yeah. you know. And luckily, we live in California where you know you play baseball all year round. So, yeah, man, uh, I tell you, that's you guys got it made out there, man. I tell you, growing up, it's one of those places where. You know, if you're a young person right now, even listening to this, seeing and thinking that uh, this is your number one sport, almost everybody I've talked to that's been successful in in baseball has played another sport at some point during their their young career. Even if it was just to like like Arden's talking about, get the Joneses out. You know, just to be just to feel like, man, I just want to go go shoot some hoops. And you don't have to be you know a superstar, but it's definitely. I mean, I, I'm guessing you would agree with me, Arden, that it, it helped with your at least your athletic ability, right? It taught you, oh, <laughs> taught absolutely. you how to I, I'm a, run a little bit. I'm and... a huge, huge supporter of that, and especially in today's game where, you know, especially in today's youth baseball where travel baseball and all-year-round baseball is becoming, you know, the, the new normal. Mm-hmm. I would definitely tell all the young baseball players out there, go play different sports. Yeah. Uh, I... Like Nick said, it's great. To, it's great for athletic ability. It's great to just compete in another way. Right. Uh, baseball is an interesting sport. It's 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 you know you can't really get. Fit. I love being able to go play basketball, get physical. You know, get grab some rebounds. Mm-hmm. I would even up until my freshman year of high school, I was I would go I was going to Van Nuys Shirley's Park and I was getting pickup basketball games and and you know just just. I love I love playing basketball. Basketball mm-hmm. was, was a close second for for a law for for a long time. 
Would you say the guys that you know in pro ball, you know, say your roommates there in the house or your teammates or just guys that you've been talking to, even in college? I mean, you, you spent three years at Georgia Tech, uh, which is, you know, a very, you know, it's an incredible top uh, ranked division one, you know, baseball program, football program, basketball program. When you talk to these other, you know, say peers, teammates and of yours, do you find out that they all played other sports as well? Or do you ever run into the occasional kid that was like, nope, I played t-ball. I never played another sport. I stuck with this. And that's why I'm here. No, I, I pretty, pretty much every single one of them played another sport. Right. A lot it's of pretty them played, rare. You know, one of my, yeah, one of my, uh, one of my best friends from college who actually is in the Red Sox organization, he played football. He was varsity line, like varsity linebacker, played football all, all four years. Another one of my buddies, you know, played, they all played football for at least a couple of years, mm-hmm. basketball. Like I said, I, I would su- support it. I, I can't tell you mm-hmm. how, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a great thing to, uh, one baseball, you need a break. You know, you, you can't yeah. play all year. Even like I, I'm a professional baseball player in the off season. I'm I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna not play baseball for you know two three months. Mm-hmm. Um, like not, I'm not gonna touch a bat or a ball for for at least a month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. And just for in a development standpoint, that's very important because oh, it's necessary. For you sure. know. Yeah, you, you got to get away from the game. And, and obviously, it's a little bit for me. I'm doing it every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even as a kid, I remember I remember there would be times where, you know, I might I would, wouldn't be struggling per se, but, you know, you know I, I would I would take the break. I would go play basketball, and I'd come back, and next thing I know, like, everything just kind of started to click. It's And so I think for players who are really serious about it, and obviously they care about it, and they're, they're working at it, it's okay to go play basketball, play football, you know, go, go do something else. Cause when you're going to come back to it, I, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll just feel fresh and, and, yeah. and probably make that big, bigger strides. Absolutely. I agree. And, and I, I definitely, um, well, I, I just agree with you a hundred percent. I think what you said was spot on. You, you gotta, you gotta develop a little bit of, uh, you know, you got to miss it a little bit. You know, you got to put it down for a while and rest, and then that, that way, when you come back to it, you're fresh, your batteries are recharged, and you're ready to go. So, going into let's see, so you growing up in Sherman Oaks, um, went to um, what was the name of your elementary school? Where'd you go to? A Waldorf school. Oh, okay, that's which, what my daughter just did. Uh, yeah, hmm? and so uh, I went there K through three. And then I moved to uh, the Wesley School, which is in North mm-hmm. Hollywood. It was a, a relatively small private school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then high then, school? And then high school. And then I went to Harvard-Westlake uh, for high school for ninth through 12th grade. Which really has blossomed into one of the top <laughs> high school baseball programs in the country. Pretty much right about the time you got there, maybe even just a couple of years before you got there, I remember, you know, the program going from, you know, just kind of a a really good, you know, local area, but more of a mediocre throughout the state and the region. And then all of a sudden it just it went off the charts with, uh, you know, back to back first round guys um, with uh, Lucas Giolito and uh, Ben Freed, was it or Max Freed? Max Freed. Yeah, well, actually, so, yeah, Max Freed. They were before you, well, correct? Yeah. They were they were they were a year ahead of me. So that was a 2012 draft, and then in 2014, you had Jack Flaherty, who was a right. Sherman Oaks Little League alum, 
who Jack is is absolutely shoving this year. He's in AAA, which is just, uh, he just pitched in the Futures game. Yeah, he just pitched in the Futures game. He's he's knocking on the door. Yeah. So these but two. Yeah, Harvard Westlake. Just just so I can throw it out there, these two little knuckleheads, Jack Flaherty and Arden Pabst. I mean, you guys have been playing together since uh, T-ball, right? I mean, yeah, we were. Yeah, we really have. I mean, we <laughs> we we played. I mean, I I don't know if he was on my first team, but I mean, he. I mean, we played together. We played against him. Yeah, either against or together. I exactly. Mean, since I was seven, yeah. eight years old, and we actually we you know we worked out this past offseason. Great, great kids, very humble. Yeah, and comes from a very humble background and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm very happy to see him doing as well as he's doing this year so it's, it's cool to see a guy that you know that you know San Fernando Valley kid mm-hmm. sure the league and, and he's doing he's doing great things so it's, it's it's great to see that's awesome so tell me a little bit about senior year uh you're at Harvard Westlake you guys you win it all right you guys win the state championship yeah. You are faced with a decision, or did you already know? I'll let you tell me. Um, did you already know you were going to go to Georgia Tech before that senior year, or were you still being courted by other schools? Were you talking to scouts with the possibility of signing out of out of high school? I'm, I kind of know the answer because knowing your parents and yourself and the importance of education, I'm guessing that you know college was definitely the the choice. But how did it go with the scouts in your in your senior year? Were you getting looked at, or did they know you were going to go? Uh, Cool. Yeah, no, I was, I was getting, I was getting looked at. Um, pretty, I, I was talking. I probably, probably talked to just about every team. Uh huh. And so it was, it was an exciting time. Obviously, it was a little, it, it was a, li- a little overwhelming because we. Oh, I bet. Honestly, my parents and me, we didn't really know what was going to be the better path. But mm. my mom, she, she was, she was very adamant about, you know about how much money I, I would have to sign for. And so we threw out a, a very, very high uh, number and teams kind of backed off, which honestly to this day I'm thankful because sure. going to college, you know, was such a, was such a, an important part of my development as a, as a, as just a, as a young man, yeah. uh, take baseball out of it. I think, mm-hmm called is you know where, where you kind of it was it was great for me to learn how to live on my own and 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 even more than that i mean it was just a i took some fantastic classes uh yeah. and it was uh it was you know it's college it's it's great it's a great mm-hmm. time I, I would go back in a heartbeat uh if mm-hmm. i'm being honest with you yeah there there was there was a little you know there there was definitely times where we were like maybe you know you might sign you might try, go right out of high school but then we kind of figured that it wasn't going to be, and, and and I was I was I had a strong commitment to Georgia Tech. I I wanted to get there, and, and so yeah. What basically it's just what happened was you know we we're obviously getting looks, but then they kind of backed off, and and honestly it was probably good because it 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 was it gave me opportunity. That was at the end of the season. That was when we had probably about that was when the playoffs started, and uh, I got to focus on on winning that championship, and mm-hmm. and then. 
and then from there going to Georgia Tech. So, well, the good thing about that too for, is that your mom, you know, moms are good at this kind of intuition, right? Where she basically said, you know, we're not just going to settle for anything, and 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 you go off to to play pro ball for you know a few dollars. Uh, when you are, you know, able to go to a university and get your degree paid for and all that stuff. So I think it's a great, you know, decision that she said, so if, you know, if this is what you got, if you guys really want him, this is what you're going to have to pay. So I think that's a great, uh, great story. And it's, and it's, uh, you know, it's obviously worked out for you because you did get the chance to go to uh, college and, and develop as a person, develop as a player. Looks to me like from following you that you, you mean, you put on some physical size as well there that uh, freshman, sophomore year. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I, uh, well, I was, it's actually funny because, you know, during high school, you know, my freshman year, I was 145, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was, I was slim. I was lean. And, uh, and I knew I need, you know, to, to put on weight. And so I was in the gaining mode. I mean, I would eat anything and everything yeah. as much as I possibly could. And so by the time my senior year came around, I was about 205. Okay. And then I went to college, and I was still, like, I was, like, the more, the merrier. So I was eating, eating, eating. And, yeah. that's that. and like, I, I think I got up to 220 wow. my college year. Yeah, you're, comp- you're competing my- with the big boys there, man. You got to be able to hang, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was pretty funny because I came home for winter break, and my and my best friend from down the street, he 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 told me he was like, we actually he he told me this later because I, I I got up to two twenty, and then during summer ball, I actually I met this the guy I roomed with, who who was a stud. I mean, and he ate really clean, and he worked out a bunch, and he kind of taught me about eating clean and whatnot, and so I I slimmed down to probably about 200, 205. It's kind of where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And my buddy told me, he's like, yeah, man, when you came home from freshman year, like, you were in okay shape, like, but your face was just really fat. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like you got stung by a bee, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I just blew up. Uh, but thankfully, I I, uh, I kind of took his lead because this dude was huge, like, Jack, like, mm-hmm. one of the strongest dudes I've ever seen. And he was very particular about what he put in his body. And so I, it kind of rubbed off on me and I'm, I'm not any, I'm not too freaky about what I eat. I obviously understand that yeah. uh, sometimes you can't have a perfect guy, especially in, in, in the minor league atmosphere, but I oh, do, yeah. I, I try to be, uh, I try to be, uh, I, mean, I, I try to, I try to watch what I eat, especially sure. when I'm back home, when I have control over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough when you're on the road, right? A lot of fast food, a lot of, uh, you know, missed meals and, you know, you're traveling. You're yeah. Not, you're, you're getting short on your sleep a little bit, which, you know, is always, you know, tough on the body. And you're playing the most demanding position on the field being a catcher. So, you know, we always hear stories about guys going into spring training at 225 and before they hit the all-star break, they're, you know, 195 pounds just from, you know, the wear and tear of the first half of the season. And and like you said, uh, not being able to, you know, provide your body with the proper nutrition and rest and all that stuff. So, so you're learning quick. Is that right? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell me this, man, give me uh, an example or two of what you would say are the biggest differences in playing at a elite uh, Division One college like Georgia Tech for three years, 
and then making the jump into professional ball and you know starting over again you know when you left Georgia Tech you know you're you're a you're a I would say a veteran of the team you know you've been around you've you've been through the system you know what the coaches are expecting out of you you've you've got the routine down you're um, you know again being a catcher you're in a leadership role um, and then all of a sudden to you know I don't want to say get knocked down, but, you know, have to start over again at the bottom of the totem pole going into pro ball and being a rookie. And, you know, things are different in professional baseball than they are in college. As, um, but what from your uh, perspective, what would you say that, you know, top one or two things jumps out as the major differences that you had to adjust to? I first I first start by saying I think it's interesting how you how little changes, how how. Okay. You know, because it was, I was playing against all these guys in college, and then uh, a group of us that that draft class all gets drafted, and, and then you kind of look up and you're like, I've played this guy before, I played that guy before, you know, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, so you're you're playing against the same guys, and and what's crazy is that's, uh, you know, that's the feeling that big leaguers have really, because you know, you, and, and I've started to kind of understand that because I look up the totem pole and and I think about double A and triple A, or high double A, triple A, and and the big leagues, and I'm like. I can't. I'm. I'm what? Yeah. I, I used to think that it was some crazy different league, but at the end of the day, I kind of realized it's like you know, I'm going to be playing against the same guys for my whole career. That's right. So it's it's not. But but it, the game itself does change. Especially it was, it was interesting. I I uh, when the College World Series is going on, we would we would flip it on, and and I, I think one of the biggest things. I mean, college baseball is. Is, is notorious, like very fundamental and, you know, bunt, hit and run, small ball type, mm-hmm. type stuff. And, and we still, you know, sack bunt and we still hit and run, but it's, it's definitely not nearly as prevalent. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you're three, four, five hole guy, you're swinging away. You know, you're, you're going to, you're going to swing the bat. You're going to try to drive in runs. You're, you know, you're going to be a run. You got, you got guys that are, are run scorers and you have guys that are run producers. Right. And then another thing that was that was interesting is in college, you know, you 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 got a lot of guys who are having great college careers that you know live mostly off their off speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and in pro ball, it's pretty much everybody they pitch with their fastball. You know, fastball like they throw mm-hmm. a lot of fastballs in it, and it's most it's just firm. You know, I mean, not not crazy but i i was just i just remember watching all these games and like you know you'd have guys throwing 84 85 as a fastball and and flipping in change-ups and sliders every other pitch mm-hmm. uh and in pro ball it's it's a lot more of guys just challenging hitters with their fastball because of throw yeah, they throw 92 94 <laughs> mid 90s yeah, yeah so so they and and if you think about it, every you know good pitchers they pitch off their fastball for the most part sure so that that's another what about another difference? I mean, what about from the coaching uh, aspect of things? Have you noticed any difference in the way that uh, you know? I mean, obviously, you just you played for one team for three years, so you got to you got to get to know the tendencies of the coaches and what's expected out of you, and then you get jump into pro ball, and now you've got you know several different coaches. You know, going into instruction, you know, ball, you got guys that are roving catching instructors, roving hitting instructors, so on and so forth. Um, does it feel is it overwhelming is it good does it feel like you're not getting the attention you know that you did in college or what does it feel like it's uh 
I, I wouldn't say. I mean, it's it's definitely different. It's definitely different just because there's so many different. You're like you said, there's all these roving guys, and so there. You know, you you can get a few different. But it, but it's, I think it's nice. You know, you can get a. a a few different opinions on mm-hmm. whatever you're working on. And then obviously there are other times where it's a little overwhelming just because you don't really want to hear it. You know, you, you've had, you've heard enough and you kind of have to uh, trust yourself and trust your ability. So you don't overthink anything. Right. Um, for the most part, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you get to meet, you get to meet a lot of old like baseball guys that have been around and playing the big leagues and, and uh, they always, you know they always are are very. They they just seem wise and and they've seen you know they've seen just about anything and mm-hmm. and everything and so it, it's it's cool from that that point. Um, it, it's not it's not really that different. I mean I think it's uh, you know coaches that they want to help you as best they can and and they and they do their best. So mm-hmm. sometimes it it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. But it's right. it's you know you're not gonna be able. Coaches don't have all the answers, and and neither do we. And that's it's part. It's just part of the game, you know. It's right. uh, it's it's a tough sport. So it's it's not like because there are more coaches, answers are are, are more easily uh, found. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to have. Uh, it's nice to have different different points of view, and sure. and like I said, to have have, have guys that have been around the game for for a long time. You know, who who obviously has a lot of wisdom, a lot, a lot of knowledge about yeah. the game. Did you feel comfortable? You know, say first week or so going into instructs. Did you feel pretty comfortable about approaching coaches and and uh, you know asking for advice, or did you kind of sit back and just take it all in and see you know see what was going on? Were you intimidated at all by the just the fact of being uh, at that level? I mean, by the time so I did, I would, by the time I went to instructional league, I. I had become pretty familiar with with I had become pretty familiar with most of the the roving coaches because mm-hmm. they you know would filter through. Um, but at Instruct, I mean, Instructs was a whole other story. It was of just a grueling month of of uh, it was kind of an initiation. Not I wouldn't say initi- initiation, but it, it is kind of. Was, but it, it felt you know, like the, it, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the pirates they do it they do it a little different than everyone else. They send every, like, if you just got, like, if it's your first year with the Pirates, you got to go through Instructs, and they have a whole program for first-year guys to uh, kind of shock the system and, and mm-hmm. kind of test your toughness. Um, so, honestly, I was, I was, uh, and, and I got good advice, but a lot of it was just, like, Making sure I was on schedule, making sure I was at the right right place at the right time, and sure. and giving it my all, and and you know doing the best I could. So, mm-hmm. what about the uh, the difference in the pitchers? Did you notice a clear cut? Um, like you'd mentioned that you know college guys like to you know live off their their soft stuff and and then you know set up the fastball with that rather than now in pro ball guys are just you know they're they're pounding you with the velocity and. And then uh, you know, taking the, a little bit of an opposite approach, was there anybody that stands out right away that that you were like, "Wow, I am definitely at a new level here. This guy can bring it, or this guy's got movement." Or, I mean, she, you came from a school where you're catching high school guys that were already throwing in the '90s, so it probably wasn't too much of a shock, was it? it yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I, it's funny. The, the, my, the, my first like week of professional ball, I was I was definitely kind of in a daze it's like yeah. one i couldn't really believe that i was playing pro ball and, and right 
And two, I, I felt like everyone was probably better than they were. You know, like the first guy I faced was like 19 years old, but I was treating him like he was, you know, a Justin Verlander. Uh, yeah, just right. In my mind, it was so blown out of proportion. Right. But I've always, I mean, like, it was actually really cool for me. I, I got I got to go to spring training a little bit early to get some extra work in just because, uh, you know, you can kind of show up as early as you want and work out and, and do all the good stuff. And so I got there when the big leaguers got there mm-hmm. and they would do their stuff in the morning and I would do my stuff in the afternoon. But every once in a while, they'd need an extra catcher to catch catch pens. Sure. And so I got to catch pretty much everyone on the Pirates big league staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was really cool. And and again, it was, it was interesting because the first few days when I was catching, I was like, oh my God, these guys are next level. And then I caught them more and I caught them more and I got used to it and I got used to it and I realized they're, they're like, don't get me wrong, they're really good, but it's not like they're, you know, it's Some, not like they're Iron Man or Superman or yeah, they're not, you know, right. they're, they're, they're very good, they're very consistent, but they make mistakes just like anyone. And, right. uh, and so that I think that was the coolest part of spring training for me. And I think it's important as for my development is understanding like big leaguers don't get it like they're they're very good they are, but it's it's almost as if one they're they're just normal guys like like you and me yeah. which I realized pretty quickly like they they joke around they goof off just like me and my roommates mm-hmm. uh, they just happen to be a little older and they just happen to be really freaking good at baseball <laughs> um, yeah and but but having said that that doesn't mean that they don't. They don't swing up curveballs in the dirt, and that they don't, you know, miss their spot every once mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really cool for me to be around. The, I mean, again, I wasn't training with them by any means, but I was rubbing shoulders with mm-hmm. with guys that I'd watched on TV since I was, you know, out, I was saying hi to David Freeze in the cafeteria. Yeah, uh, who, by the way, is 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 an awesome, really friendly guy, which was nice to. It was it was cool, uh, but. That's funny. It, 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 that was. I was just saying. It, it was just a really, really cool experience mm-hmm. to be around. Uh, to be around those guys. I uh, I had Brian Barden on the show. I don't know if you remember Brian. He was one of the first. He actually was the first professional player I had out at Sherman Oaks at the academy. I'm sure, pretty sure you met him when we when you were a kid. I don't know if you recall that guy coming out to one of our summer camps. Um, he played third base for the Arizona Diamondbacks at that time. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned David Freeze's name because he mentioned David's uh, name on this show just a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about his career and, you know, guys that he got a chance to play with coming up through the Cardinals organization and Freeze. uh, And he and Freeze were competing for the same position in uh, spring training when he was with the Cardinals. So that's hilarious that you just brought up this uh, David Freeze's name again and and said the exact same thing. Just what a great guy and, uh, you know, very approachable and just a, you know, a, a fun fun guy to be around that's pretty funny yeah so all right now i'm gonna throw this one at you so who do you look up to at this point in your career when you're just getting started is there anybody on your team or in the system or even on i don't know maybe even an opponent or somebody else is there anybody that you are looking up to as a catcher or position player that you're trying to i don't want to say you're trying to you know be like them or emulate them but in a way like you know who who do you admire i mean i i I definitely don't have like a a favorite player, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, but there are players I, I love to watch. Yadier Molina catch, obviously, yeah. you know who who doesn't, and Salvador Perez and whatnot, and those are good role models. I really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, but it, it's not like I'm 
you know, checking how they're doing or anything like that. I kind of, the funny thing about it is since we, you know, we play at seven every night, we don't really have any time to really watch baseball. Sure. You know, because we're playing when everyone else is playing. So, uh, I don't watch, uh, I don't watch that much baseball. I, I wouldn't really say that I'm, I mean, who do I, I, I look up to my dad, really. There you about, go. Out of, it's not even baseball. It's just that if we're talking about like yeah. role models in life, my pop is, there you go. is the number one. It's not, it's not any baseball player or anything. So that's a great uh, answer. That's really, that's pretty much, that's about it right there. What, um, what habit are you currently trying to create or do you have a particular bad habit that you're trying to break and it can be baseball related, life related, whatever the case may be, training related. Um, you'd mentioned, you know, you spend a lot of time, you know, trying to stay in shape and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, on or off the field, is there, is there a habit that you're either trying to create to get better or one that you're trying to break to, uh, to get better? I would probably say like being more consistent offensively. Okay. So that's obviously a big, a big, big deal, but we, one of the big things that we're working on, you know, just with, with the hitting coach here who, who, who has really taught me a lot about approach and how to pick what, what pitch to swing. That's another thing, you know, that, that, that is big in the pro balls is really the best hitters. They look for, they can pretty much, you know, split, like split the plate in half and give up like the inner half, give up the, the, the outer half, and look specifically for a spot, and so that's what I'm really trying to do. Is is being able to one look for the pitch, get my pitch, and obviously pull the trigger. There you go consistently uh, because you know there's just for example last night I I was doing that and I got the pitch and I just didn't pull pull the trigger. You know mm-hmm. for whatever reason maybe it was because I was second guessing my my approach or not. But and again hitting is such a you know, the thoughts change on a day-to-day basis and a week-to-week basis and all that stuff but sure. having a consistent approach that i'm the, the the word we use with my head coach is staying stubborn to my approach yeah. so then kind of not not changing it because the pitcher's doing something else sticking with my approach right and being stubborn with that you know i like that so baseball wise that's that's the biggest thing in my life trying to eat less sugar mm-hmm. sugar's is pretty uh it's a killer it's, it's tougher than i thought it'd be yeah sugar <laughs> is killer it's it's a, it's no good for you in any way so that's probably my two my two things right there for, for baseball and for life mm-hmm. are you in any type of relationship off the field are you staying away from that for right now so you can focus on your career or is, do you have a, a a love life i currently do not no i'm we can I'm, censor this uh, out if there's a girl out there that thinks she's the one <laughs> Uh, no, that's the good thing is there is no girl that thinks she's the one. I, I, I make that pretty clear Attaboy. when I get involved. So yeah, no, I'm. Uh, Stay I'm, focused. Uh, right? as, I, as, I, as I told my dad the other day, I'm, I'm as free as a bird. So go. yeah, no, it's just kind of. And, and and like I was, I was talking to my my best friend that I, you know I represent my neighbor from back home, and I was just saying it's it's kind of you don't have a lot of time, you don't have that much money. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's usually best to stay away from those. Again, there are a yeah. lot of my buddies, serious girlfriends from college or whatnot, and and uh, they're doing fine. But yeah. it's 
starting a relationship while you're playing minor league baseball is a little tricky just because yeah. the travel is extensive and sure. you're away from home for you know half half the year so and not too many girls are uh in favor of going to taco bell for a first date right <laughs> yeah no, it's, uh, sorry honey just, i can't take you out to a nice dinner <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh yeah, yeah no it's uh that's <laughs> So hey, uh, going back to your you know days of uh, of playing the cello, and I know um, the other day you were telling me you you've switched the cello for the traveling guitar, uh, and all that stuff. Would you say, or I'll just let you let you ask you if if baseball wasn't your job right now, all right? And I don't know what you studied in school, so maybe maybe it's something that what what would you be your your field of choice if if baseball didn't exist? Where do you think you might be headed towards a career in? Would it be music or would it be something else? I don't think I'm, I'm, music for me is more of just the pastime. I'm, okay. I love music though. And I honestly, it would, I, so I studied history in, in college. And, mm-hmm. uh, if I wasn't playing right now, I would be back at school, finishing up that degree. And honestly, I may want it. I, I think it would, I would probably try to go to graduate school for public policy, history. I'm very interested in, in politics and, okay. and history. And you know, so so I might I might do something like that. I also, you know, I I do have you know my dad's a writer, so I've always been very interested in, in what he does. So I would not be opposed to you know going down that road. Um, but I think honestly, I, I would I would take some time and and really and study and study as, as much as I could. You know, mm-hmm. whether that be a master's or something like that, just because I I really enjoy I. I, unlike a lot of the guys I played with, I really enjoyed school, and I mm-hmm. and I took like you know, I was fascinated with you know Middle Eastern history, and and I took some classes on Russian history and stuff like that. So I, I would not be opposed to just diving into that and and yeah and learning as much as I could about that, and then seeing kind of where that takes me. You know, I, I don't really know like what what job mm-hmm. field that what label you put on that. But sure. Take my study. I would take my study seriously, and I would I would. I would delve into that uh, mm-hmm. as much as I could. Maybe even uh, have you thought about even be, becoming a professor in a particular subject and going back and actually teaching college someday? I always, I always thought, you know, I always said, you know, I don't really want to be a teacher, but at the same time, I, you know, when you are a professor, you're usually writing a book, you're, you know, right. you're doing research and stuff like that. So uh, I would not be opposed to that. I think, uh, like I said, I've, oh, I, I, I'm fascinated about a lot of things, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to, you know. I mean, obviously, you have it's a lot of school, and and it, I don't know if I would, I could maybe if I went and I did it for two, three years, I, I wouldn't be as uh, enthusiastic about it. But I think, you know, I would go down that road and kind of see where it takes me because I think I could kind of get the best of both worlds. I could do a little writing, I could mm-hmm. teach and 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 learn and do research and stuff like that. But like I said, I, I would. To answer your question more directly, I would I would definitely go back to school and I would go to graduate school. That's great, man. Just a couple more questions. I'll let you go, man. I want you to enjoy your day off today. I don't want to hold you up too much. But I, w- I did want to touch on this subject a little bit because this is something I've recently been getting involved with. Do you know who uh, Ryan China McCarney is from, from Jager Sports? Did you ever meet him or do any of uh, Alan Jager's camps for throwing? I I did. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've met if, if he's... I'm sure I've met him because I, I did yeah. a few Jager camps. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I, I well, you know, we used Jager bands a lot in in uh, at 
in our program at uh, Sherman Oaks Baseball Academy, so I know you know what they are. They've been around since you were born. <clears throat> but anyway, the reason I brought that up is that Ryan uh, just started a foundation. I don't know if you're familiar with it yet there in Southern California. He finally got approved for a, uh, a foundation uh, called Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression, which I think is a fantastic um you know, foundation to to help young athletes and, and even, you know, struggling veteran athletes, you know, to to uh, you know, give them a place to, you know, tell their story and and talk about, you know, things that happened either before, during or after their their playing days. And this is for all athletes, not just baseball. It just so happens that Ryan was uh, Ryan was a uh, baseball player. But anyway, I, I um, have been uh, talking to him over the last couple of weeks about it. And I'm just I'm fascinated with it uh, as a as a person who went through a lot of anxiety and depression as a player myself. And so I like to ask you know, guys like yourself who are going through this, number one, have you ever experienced any of, uh, of those symptoms going through as a player? And if you have, you know, what has been your way of dealing with it, whether it's talking to someone about it or keeping it to yourself or you have any tricks or routines or habits that, that you've used to, to overcome it when, it, when when you are faced with it? I mean, we're all human, right? And especially when you have that kind of pressure on you to be, you know, not just an athlete, but a professional athlete. So I was curious if you had any kind of take on, uh, on those, those feelings. Yeah. Well, one, that's a, sounds like a great foundation and something that I don't think a lot of people realize is because especially, I mean, in all, in all sports, depression, anxiety, mental health Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, mental health issues is, is more prevalent than I think we see a lot. You know, we always see, and we see retired athletes, you know, falling into drug or, or alcohol addiction, and mm-hmm. we just think, oh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, he he screwed up his life, and it's like, no, he just, you know, he had a hard life. That's because he was a professional athlete. Doesn't mean right. It's it's not it's tough, you know. And so, and I absolutely, have, you know, anxiety. I would say definitely stress, but I I would say more just kind of like when you're on the road and. You know, you're having bad games, and for me, it's it's kind of like you, what I feel is is it's just kind of I, I I have to ask myself like, what am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Mm-hmm. Just kind of you know, because I think that's a lot of the guys' biggest fears is to just waste five, six, seven years of your life in the minor leagues and not really get anything out of it. Because sure, since I went to college and I have other dreams and aspirations beyond baseball, I think my biggest fear is that I won't it would baseball will eventually hinder my other dreams mm-hmm. um and so that is sometimes some something I deal with on a, on a pretty pretty regular basis but but yeah. I will say what I, what gets me through one is that I have to take a step back and and say you know I'm, I'm 22 years old I'll, I'll be okay it's it's all right to, to to be playing baseball right now mm-hmm. um and two is to tend to take again. It's, it's a lot of just putting things in perspective. Just take a step back and and like I said, I'm a, I'm I'm really lucky. I got I got some really good guys on my team, and and a lot of times we you know as much as season is a grind, and we you know we live in, in not the greatest city in the world, but and we're traveling and all this stuff. We have to take a step back and say, listen, it's not that bad. You know, it's. Right. We're playing baseball every day, which is fun. It's it's you you have to really just be able to kind of separate the good and the bad, and 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 take the good, you know. Yeah, take the good with a grain of salt. That's great, man. Well, it sounds like you've got a really good head on your shoulders, which uh, you know again doesn't surprise me. You've always been a pretty level-headed kid, and uh, never really saw you know you 
change from going extremely up or extremely down, even as a, as a young guy. And it seems like, you know, you're pretty well grounded in, in your uh, adult life now and in your professional career. And, you know, with baseball being the game of failure that it is, it's, it's really, really tough. And, and I know you're, you know, you're being completely honest when you say, you know, of course I go through this on a regular basis because, you know, like you said, you go out and you give everything you got and you go 0 for 4 and you maybe, you know, make an error at the, you know, in the field or something and you just start thinking, am I good enough for this? Is this where I should be? You know, am I wasting my time? And But I loved your answer when you said I come back and I say I'm 22 years old. You know, this is exactly where I need to be and where you should be. And I think that's that's great. So anybody out there listening that's in the same boat, whether you're, you know, starting high school or you're you know, about to finish high school and or even college. And, you know, that, that's just great advice is that sit back, take a look at yourself and think, man, there's no hurry. There's no rush, man. That that last year of college will be there for you. You know, like you said, you've got plans and aspirations to to do other things outside of baseball when when your time does come to, you know, hang them up. And uh, hopefully you can, uh, you know, play as, as long as you can physically. And of course, it's a business. So that's got to, you know, play its part in there as well. But no, I just think that's a great answer, Arden. And I'm, uh, I'm really, you know, super proud of you. And I couldn't be more happier for your your success and uh, the path that you're on right now, and, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, any bit of advice to, I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll set you up for this one. Being as that you had such a great relationship with your parents and you know, going through and playing baseball and they supported your, you know, your fun. Is there anything that you would like to say? Because there's a huge epidemic right now going on in youth sports, in particular baseball with travel ball and parents like really freaking out about this whole, my kid needs to get a scholarship and he needs to do this and that. Can, can you give me one little bit of advice to some parents out there that you would say to them? Yeah. One, I would say to parents and, and I'm not, obviously I'm not a parent, but I was, I was very lucky because my, you know, my, my, my dad in particular, my dad was, you know, uh, you know, was my first coach and, and I would say probably my, one of my best coaches throughout my life. And, and when I got a little, when I got older and obviously there were times when he was hard on me in little league and this and that, but it was mostly just, he would get hard on me because I was had that bad body language, didn't mm-hmm. hustle pretty much that. That was the, the only two things he was, you know, tough on me about, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, he would never, if I had a bad game, it was never, you know, get pissed off at me for having a bad game. It was just, sure. did I, did I handle myself the right way? Did I play my hardest? You know, how did you and react to it? Right. Exactly. I think, I think, especially in baseball, you, you should never get pissed off at your kid for, for playing a bad, like, playing a bad game i i've played many 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 bad games in my life mm-hmm. uh baseball like you said before it's 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 a game of failure uh you're gonna fail and your kid's gonna fail and that has no ref- reflection on you know your ability as a parent i would just say hold your kid to a standard of of you know just act keep your head high and and if you strike out you know don't throw your bat or your helmet i think that's yeah uh, we see it's tough when you see the big leaguers and they uh, you know they throw their stuff and they kind of they're big leaguers you know they get paid Uh, to do that (laughs) they get paid to do that and and i will say though if you watch the best of the best if you watch an albert pools albert pools never slams this stuff you know he's he, and 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 that's why he has 600 home runs. You know, right. you can see the difference. Uh, 
And then what I'd say about like the scholarship and, and the getting recruited and all that stuff is, is you shouldn't worry about it. If, if you're good enough, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get seen. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, that's as simple as that. And, and obviously I was lucky to be playing at a high school where there were other prospects on my team, but even I could have been playing and, you know, in the middle of Nevada or Montana or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and if you're good enough, you will be seen, especially with all the travel ball. Yeah. I would say don't waste, don't waste money on showcases. That's not, that's not a, you know, it's not a good way to play baseball. You're mm-hmm. not going to, I don't think you're good. That's, you're going to get better by going to a showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the showcase format, it's not real baseball. You know, you throw as hard as you can, you run as fast as you can, and then you play the, 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 you know, the, the game where if it's six outs yeah. or, or, or you like, you can't walk or this or that. And mm-hmm. that's not how you want to play. You want to play real games. You know, that, that's yeah. what I would, say. I would say. If you want your kid to get better, get him on a team where he can play as many games as, as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And just not, not worry about that. Worry about another, another big thing that I'll say is make sure that your kid is getting good grades. Because yes. thank you for you saying know, that. If if your kid can play a little ball and has stellar grades, Ivy Leagues, hello. Yeah. And that's I mean it's 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 not I'm not saying it's not it's it's easy to get into Ivy Leagues, but I, I've seen a lot of guys who mm-hmm. I think and not even Ivy Leagues, but just just good schools. Well, just more opportunities. High. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're just opening up a door for for so many different opportunities, and and at the end of the day, if you can if you can just get into a school that that mm-hmm. if baseball is the little is the little edge that you have over another applicant and yep. you get into a school because of baseball, that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment, you know. Yeah. So uh I would say that's keep your grades high and, and don't and you know, don't worry about whether or not you're getting a scholarship. Uh like 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 Nick said before, you know, and what I what I tell myself is is there there's no rush. Mm-hmm. Um and another thing is you got to enjoy it. High school baseball for me was some of the most fun I ever had playing baseball. So make sure yeah. that your kid is enjoying it and, yeah. and you know, playing hard. Now the grades is a, the grades is a huge thing. And I have been saying that for years to, to every player that I've you know been lucky enough to, to coach or, or be around. It's, you know, what they just don't understand is that, you know, the grades open up the opportunities. You know, it's not the but you can throw 95 miles an hour, man. But if you got a 1.8 GPA, you know, there's only a handful of JCs that you can even get into. So when you got yeah. when you throw 85 and you have a 3.8 GPA, you know, you've just tripled the amount of schools that you're eligible to get into. And that's, you know, that's what guys don't understand. They think that the better player I am, the more opportunities I have. And it's really the opposites. The better your grades are, the more opportunities you're going to have. You know, Division three schools don't offer athletic scholarship, and there's over 350, you know, Division three programs that have a baseball team. So if you can yeah. just play a little bit, like you said, if you can just have a little bit of ability, you don't have to be a superstar stud on your high school team, but if you've got those grades... And a coach over at this school says, man, you know, you could really help us out. You know, what are your grades like? Well, okay, great. I can get you into the school. 
But if, you know, you could be the best player on the team, and if you can't get into that school, then, you know, it's pointless. So that's really great advice, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I know you had stellar grades all the way going through school, and that was something that, you know, your mom and dad stressed with you. But uh, I think through this interview, we've also learned, Arden, that you like school. You've loved it all your life, and, you know, that's another thing that helps you to excel in the classroom is if you enjoy being there and you enjoy learning. Man, what a great conversation. I'm really glad that I was able to, to nail you down on this off day. Hopefully we can do this again. Maybe we can get together towards the end of the season or even in the off season when you have more time and um, we can kind of recap what happened between now and then and, and talk a little bit more about uh, different aspects of the game. What do you say? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. I'm really glad we got to uh, get reconnected again after all these years. So look, I'll let you get going, man. And uh, hopefully you have a great rest of the afternoon there. Enjoy your time off with your buddies. Thanks again for for sharing your story and giving out some advice to uh, some of the listeners out here that, you know, uh, again, this this podcast is fairly new, so we don't have a ton of listeners. But at some point, I'm hoping this will grow and we'll reach out to more guys and get you back out here on the on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been, uh, like I said, it's, it's been it's been fantastic. It's been my pleasure. Okay, buddy. Take care. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, Nick. Thank right. you. See you, Arden. Hey there, Nick Holmes again. Just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to Love the Game, Live the Dream, brought to you by World Baseball Experience. And if you get a second, please head over to worldbaseballexperience.com and put your email address in there, subscribe to our free newsletter. It's not really a newsletter. It's just me collecting your email address so that I can send you uh, updates and new podcast information, maybe some photos and things like that. But don't worry, I don't have the time to spam anybody. So I promise that uh, I'll only be sending you quality information. <laughs> well, maybe not so much quality, but entertaining nonetheless. If you enjoyed today's episode, please pass it on to all of your seamhead friends out there, your baseball enthusiasts. If you didn't like this episode, then you're probably not still listening. So I appreciate your time, and once again, this is Nick Holmes signing off. We'll see you next time on Love the Game, Live the Dream. Take care.